Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, I'm Ken, your RV Navigator. And this is Martha, the co-pilot. And we're finally talking to you from our at-home studio at home. I know that many of you have been wondering, because you read a lot of stuff on the Internet that may or may not be true, how traveling between states and throughout our country is at the moment in these days of coronavirus shutdown. And we are happy to report to you that the trip home was never as quick and uneventful as this one because (laughs) even though many of the states we went through are starting to come out from the at-home policy, the roads were just about empty. We roared through Atlanta, we roared through Nashville, pretty much had all the highways to ourselves, which was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Have you noticed that the TV stations have had trouble with their remote broadcasts because they have not get it, got it set up in their houses, whereas your RV navigators have been broadcasting from their home for years. How's our sound? I've noticed that these broadcasters, even though they're professional broadcasters, cannot set up a thing in their house for love nor money. What's the deal with that? But they look good. We don't care how we look. And how do you look on these days of the coronavirus? A little, a little older. <laughs> a little older? Have you dressed for the occasion? Well, as an RVer, I'm wearing jeans and have a you, t-shirt. Have you changed your clothes in the last week? Yes. yes. <laughs> have they gotten dirty in the last week? <laughs> oh, this lifestyle is really something we're not used to. Uh, this virus has caught us uh, off guard. And, of course, last month we talked to you about... Uh, well, not knowing what we were going to be doing this month. And we just now, just in the past couple of days, we returned home. We were planning on being, oh, we where were we going to be right now? We should be in Holland looking at the tulips. Instead, we're at home looking at our own tulips, which are not nearly the spectacular sight. And we were going to be visiting our friends in Munich, Germany. and From Munich. From Munich. And they were planning on meeting us in Amsterdam and all of that plans. We haven't seen them in a long time. And that was uh, canceled also. And because Germany is uh, is, is the whole world, I guess, you know, it's going to be really interesting to look back at these podcasts and say, I don't know what we're going to say, but it's going to be interesting to look, listen to these in a couple of years from the other side. That's part of the problem with this this virus is, is that we just don't know what the future holds. Do you? I mean, for camping, for RVing, for life as we know it is going to be changed, I think. Certainly in these days of social distancing, being an RVer is a good thing. Yes. Because even before we weren't supposed to be close to a lot of other people, we generally weren't close to a whole lot of people. And I know that those of you who like to just RV in a little park with a campfire can easily do that now uh, and enjoy the outdoors the same as you would have before. But But you can't. But well, you could. But where you run into a problem is if you want to go somewhere and sightsee because right. all the sites are closed. So, 
I guess the, the biggest problem for us is just not knowing what's going to happen. Here we are now at home. Uh, we spoke to you last month from Florida, and we didn't know what we were going to do, but uh, we spent another week there, and it's kind of getting warm. So we decided to uh, exit that, and that was a problem too because finding the right time to leave was difficult. Can you believe <laughs> The first time we thought about coming home, uh, we noticed there was still snow in the forecast oh, at home. Yes. And ever since then, it takes us three days to drive from Titusville in Florida to our home. And we could never find three days in a row that weren't full of thunder showers or rainstorms. Well, not and hail, floods hail. and hail and tornadoes across the southeast. Now, down in Florida, in, in the space coast where we stay, we didn't have any bad storms at all. And as a matter of fact, it was very dry. As we drove north, we found out that they were in flood stages and they were uh, worried about having too much rain, whereas Florida was very much in the dry side. Uh, so different parts of the country are, different, are, are in different situations in terms of uh, water. But we didn't want to have to drive through all that. So we waited and waited and waited. And in actuality, that turned out to be good. Why? Because our air conditioner crapped out on us. That's not good. Well, it's good because the RV resort that we stay at actually has a repair facility. And the front, you know, this is bad news with with RV air conditioners. Yeah, they yeah. they fill up the landfills as soon as one of them breaks. <laughs> they fill up the landfills. They take the whole thing, the whole unit off, and throw it away. Yeah, They're they not... don't they don't fix them. So our our front air conditioner stopped blowing cold air, and I know those of you who are in the north are really saying, "Oh, that's really too bad." But, but we had temperatures in the nineties with a fair amount of humidity, humidity by right. the time we left. So we needed the air conditioning, and although we try to follow the seventies, uh, this year we were in the nineties. <laughs> So we uh, found out that it wasn't blowing any cold air, uh, and I went over to the repair facility, which was a block and a half away. I talked to them. They ordered a new one. Within 24 hours, the unit was there. Well, they came out and checked our old one and said, we don't repair these. No, not we. The RV industry does not repair these. They they don't provide the ports on the air conditioner to recharge it because the compressor ran, the fans ran, and everything was fine, but it wasn't getting any cool air. So they said they, they just don't do that. So it had lost its refrigerant, and so they ordered a new one. Within 24 hours, it was there, and they um, installed it in about two hours. <laughs> the guy, <laughs> I could see me doing this. I thought, oh, it's only four or five bolts to unbolt it and pick it up. But You have to get it on the roof. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Superman, how is he going to get it on the roof? Well, they have a machine. They like had a cherry a, picker. Well, they had a forklift, which lifted the the new air conditioner on the roof and put, took down the old one. And they had a platform, which the guy gets on, and he gets up to the roof. So he didn't even need a ladder. Me, I'm struggling. I could just, oh, I could see me with ropes and neighbors. and. <sighs> so, so if it had a break... We're glad it broke then when we could do and if we'd easily left, do something about it. And if we'd left it. earlier, it would have broken and we wouldn't have been able to, well, it would have no, been much more. we work. wouldn't have known because it wasn't hot. Because it wasn't <laughs> it was snowing, right? If we had stuck to our plan to follow the 70s, we wouldn't have needed an air conditioner. <sighs> Thank you, coronavirus. C7, C19. Or is it one, is it 19, is it the 19th version of the coronavirus? No. <laughs> As Gilead Conway said. 
Anyway. The other thing that was very nice about the drive home, as I'm sure you are noticing no matter where you are, the price of fuel uh-huh. is unbelievably cheap. There are two fuelings we stopped at Love's Truck Stops and used our new EFS card. EFS card and saved over a dollar a gallon at one of them. Easy. Yeah, it was amazing. We saved like $90 on a fill-up, which and, is incredible. And since right now the fuel is not very expensive anyway, it felt like they were... Yeah, but when you go from $2.30 to, to $1.30, that makes a big difference. It felt like they were paying us to take the gas off their hands while we were driving home. And you don't know this, but I received an email a couple of days ago that we have actually received a bonus... Thanks to a couple of listeners. Oh, wonderful. We've got a 25. So not only was the gas super cheap, it's now even super cheaper. <laughs> because oh, so when other people sign up and mention use our, our name, our name. Mm-hmm. we get a $25 gift certificate, oh. which they emailed me. And I thought, oh, there's this kind of official email that said your account balance. Is this a scam? Well, uh, so I got two $25 discounts. So one of those, I believe, is our friend Doug. Uh, thank you, Doug, for putting down our name. But the other one, I've, they didn't tell you. They don't tell you who it is. Uh, so the other one, thank you very much, listeners. And while we're talking about this, let's put in a plug for the EFS fuel card. because Which we have talked about before. Which we have talked about before. But if you're signing up or you haven't signed up, please put down our name as the reference because as the person who referred you, because that gives us a little $25 discount on our next fuel purchase. So what this is, is fleet buying of diesel. And this card is free. Now, I I read their Facebook page regularly, and people are just almost incredulous that this is a real thing and that it's not a scam. But it is real, and it's the same discount that truckers get, so that actually makes sense. And the company provides you a debit-like card, which is connected to your bank account or to a bank account that you des- that you designate. And once that's done, when you fuel up, you fuel up at the regular price, but when it's billed to your bank account, it is at the discounted price. And using the app, you can see what the discounted price will be. And how much you paid and how much you saved. Immediately after. Right, but the pump price, price shown by the pump, is the whatever is posted at the gas station. And this only works for diesel. It only works at the truck lanes. And it makes it actually very convenient because you uh, put the card in and it pumps. You don't have to go inside. I did expect to be having to wait a bit at the truck lanes because we keep hearing about the truckers are keeping America going and these guys are working night and day 24-7. But even the truck lanes were not all that crowded we just drove right in and fueled up no waiting yeah which was uh, pretty amazing so this card is just uh, please go to our website to check it out it will show you allow you to make the application and the application is free the card's free so there's really no downside to this and if you get the loves card you get soda fill-ups free Oh god! Oh god! It's it's a little side bonus if you go to Love's to to fill up. We always filled up a Flying J before because we had a fuel card there too. We had a nine cent a discount there, which was standard. These uh, discounts are variable depending on the station, so that's why we're kind of we don't know exactly how much uh, we were getting, we were paying because it varies depending on the station. 
No, the app tells you. Yeah, the app tells you, but in advance, but different stations offer different discounts. And Love's is by far the, the biggest discount. So be sure to look that up if you are uh, traveling. And as we said, we didn't uh, really encounter too many problems. Um, the camping? Anywhere that we wanted to stay, which was two places, uh, we had no trouble getting in. We went on the weekend, which is sometimes a bit problematic. The first campground, um, I phoned ahead to, to to make sure we could come, and she took my credit card number over the phone, and as soon as she saw us pull in in front of her office, she leaped up in the air and ran out, and Ken had his window open, and she threw the piece of paper at him that had the map of the park and which campsite she had assigned us to and ran back in. So it was kind of a coronavirus-free check-in at that campground. Hands-free. And the next campground we had heard, you hear so much that's not true. We had heard that in Kentucky you could only stay for two, for two, we- two yeah, weeks you or had longer, to stay at least, yeah. no overnights. And when I asked the lady if we could stay there for overnight, she was like, yeah, why are you asking me this? So obviously that was not the case there as well either. So I would say uh, campgrounds that are affiliated with national or Corps of Engineers or yeah. state well, parks yeah, yeah. are still problematic, but anybody who's running a private business needs to keep making money and um, they I'm were glad very to happy. Get and the prices were reasonable. So we also have heard about people talking about uh, border checks. And there weren't our, any. <laughs> not our experience. We got a kind of an emergency call the couple days before we left, and and our friends said, oh, "I heard about somebody who got a five hundred dollar ticket uh, to cross into Texas and another one into Tennessee, and you better watch out because they're checking you and." So we were a little bit nervous once we left, although we hadn't seen any other reports of this. Uh, as it turned out, of course, there were no checks on the – there was nothing that was even close to a check on any of the borders that we crossed. We drove all the way from Florida to Illinois. and well, Only the typical trucking stops in a few places where they check the weight of the trucks. Is that what Yeah, yeah. Mean? Well, that's the – yeah. Which is the, what you've always seen. weighing stations, which yeah. You, but, which you've but there was seen. no problem – for us or anybody, there was no lineup for anything that was a border check at all, just the, the standard truck stops. So I can say that uh, travel throughout the United States is probably pretty open. And from what I've read on various other posts, um, it's it's pretty normal, other than the fact that there's nothing to see or do. So. Now, in the park where we were staying, Florida had put in a law that you couldn't, what was it, for a while you couldn't come in at all. They weren't allowing any transients. Right. You could go to a hotel, but you couldn't go to a campground. And, you know, we are very sympathetic to the full-timers. Oh, yeah. they got to be somewhere. And we were extremely lucky because we own our lot, so we could stay there pretty much as long as we wanted without any extra expense. And that was a, a very good situation. And it was in a nice bubble so that he didn't have to go out very much to do anything. But for full-timers who were kicked out of their their campsites or because the park was closing down or because the laws in their state had changed, this is a big problem. I think there are a million and a half full-timers, and that means they don't have a house. They don't have a, a place to go to unless they own something. But, you know, what happens if you're kicked out? Where do you go? And I don't really know that answer. Can you still camp on BLM land? BLM, yeah, but that's a boondocking type of right. experience. Right. And you have to worry about the connections and stuff. You go from Cracker so Barrel definitely- to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> 
We had some pretty good meals at the Cracker Barrel, and the Cracker Barrels are really a pretty good place to park these days because their lots are wide open. nobody's there. Yeah, but the staff is there, and they were doing pretty decent business. We went to With the, curbside delivery. Yeah, with curbside delivery. We haven't done a lot of that, but I'm sure that many of you have tried out the curbside um, because it's really about the only thing you can do. <sighs> when will this be over? Not soon. I've gone from thinking about when will this end to how will I live with this new normal. But we don't know what the normal is going to be. <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm not in the classroom now. <laughs> For years and years, of course, we were teachers. You wouldn't like to do distance learning teaching? I don't have you any. Would. I don't have any skills in that area, and I don't know how they're going to handle it. With all the schools as now closed through the are. end of the year. Oh, boy. And, of course, we feel for all the parents who are trying to teach their own children and work from home. It's a nightmare. And they're becoming teachers, so they'll be qualified to handle their kids' problems. Uh, so what's one activity that you can do? We, you know, years ago, we talked about geocaching. Yeah, we kind of forgot about it. Yeah, and I was going to get started in geocaching again because it's something that you can do more or less in solitude, and you can do it any place in the country, and it's actually kind of a fun way to get out and see what's going on in your community in a quite a safe way. Do you know about geocaching? I do because we've done it. And we talked about it in some of our earlier podcasts, earlier, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's much easier now because you don't have to have a dedicated GPS unit, uh, a navigation unit, because your phone works very well for geocaching because it has a GPS built into it. So what geocaching is, is a search and find of little trinkets that people have hidden. Like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Or a scavenger hunt. So... People go and in their neighborhoods or in their vicinity, they go hide something, a cache, a C-A-C-H-E, uh, in a location that is pinpointed by the GPS coordinates. And it usually has a little sign-in and little trinkets that you can exchange. And you then uh, post it with clues on the geocaching website. And then people who are visiting or people in the local area go and try to find it. And they don't they look at it but don't disturb it. And in our area there are literally hundreds. No, sometimes you do disturb it because well, you take it and put something else in that hidden well, spot. Well it's it's instead. a container usually that has trinkets in it. It and could a be as small as a old fashioned uh, film can or as big as a Tupperware. Uh, yeah. All sorts of different People sizes. Use ammo cases and and it, it gets you out to see things that you might not otherwise see. They have to be located in public places, and they are usually in some sort of scenic thing. And often there's a, a description, a historical reference, or a story about where the, the geocache is, is located because people put them in places that are significant to them for whatever the reason is. And you can kind of check on that uh, beforehand uh, because you can read on the geocache app, which does have a little bit of a fee associated with it, but uh, it's quite reasonable, and it's a yearly fee of $30 or something, so that they then list all of the geocaches. You just put in your location, and it shows you all the geocaches around you, and around us, as I say, there are hundreds, and then you can read a description, and it's a description that tells you how hard it is to find, how hard it is to get to, and uh, the kind of terrain that you're going to have to go, because some of them you can just drive up to. Some of them you have to do a little a little bit of hiking because they're in a forest preserve. Uh, others are very remotely located, but uh, 
they are depending on the person who hides it. So geocaching.com is the place to start, and you might want to take a look at that as an activity that you could do during this time when we're supposed to be sequestered away. Well, not close to other people. But this is something you can do just with you and your spouse or you and your kids, kids. and you can just get in the car and designate somebody as the GPS person. They t put it on their phone. They touch where they want to go, and, it, and you can drive around, and it gets you out and about and looking at things. There's no uh, big prizes There's other than just the number of geocaches that you've, that you've uh, found, and they are all over the world. So no matter where you're listening to the RV Navigator podcast on, you can uh, <laughs> do de geocaching, which is very cool. We've done them on cruises. We've done them uh, in Australia. We've done them in other places that, uh, that, we've, that we've visited. So geocaching is a great activity for the whole family. And if you're not geocaching, maybe you want to stream. Have we been streaming? Ooh, have we ever? <laughs> I, I, I pride myself on being a selective TV viewer, just watching any old thing, not just channel surfing to see what's out there. We have an extens extensive collection of pre-recorded <laughs> stuff. Uh, these the hard days, drive is getting empty. These days on a hard drive rather than on DVDs or tapes or something. Um, and, and as retirees, we normally in our pre-COVID life have had a fair amount of time to watch TV anyway, but we simply have not been able to keep up with all the wonderful material that is being produced for us. And Yeah, but it's going to run out. Well... I don't know. I think well, they can't make new ones, new well, stuff. I don't think they're going to make Hollywood movies anymore. I, they can't make they can't make series or anything because they can't get everybody together. I mean, Saturday Night Live was kind of interesting being with, they can see with Zoom. They have can you zoomed? Yes, I have. They can That's something new for us too. They can CGI people. We're now Zoomers. CGI. Yeah. When they, in groups and. <laughs> And, and the Irishman, when they made yeah, those yeah, guys, I mean, that was a very special sort of thing. Go to do. from twenty years old to eighty years old flawlessly. Surely they can make a movie and put people from no, different no. areas. Oh, well, that would be very hard, especially in a TV series. No, I think they can do it now. No, you, you you can no longer believe what you see. That's true, but they can only do so much of that. It's very expensive. Well, I'm I'm highly optimistic that there will still be movies. Well, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff out there to watch, even. But they won't be Hollywood movies, and and you will be watching them. What's going to happen to the movie theaters? They're going to die. Just totally. They were not going very well before. Ooh. Only people like us we went. went, and we only and we went when twice when I think. things had really good reviews, and yeah. then we complained about how much we had to pay. What's going to happen to the Academy Awards next year? Nobody watches them anyway. <laughs> things we, change. We do, but we've lived so long that we are seeing <laughs> things change. It's time for us to fade out, huh? Yep. All right. <laughs> TV watching has skyrocketed in the age of the quarantine. Nielsen predicts that video streaming platforms like Netflix and Disney could rise 60% during the pandemic. Wow. And, of course, if you have a – well, you don't have to have an Apple TV, but if you, have, if you want to, to watch the Apple product, it's available for free. Did you have to buy an iPad or something to Not get anymore. They're offering it during the pandemic for free. Uh-huh. So I have a link to that on our website if you want to go there. <gasps> That's the problem. When I read reviews of things that sound really good, inevitably they are on a channel that we don't subscribe to. 
they're going to have us paying as much per month as they did before. So free for lots of things uh, on the tube. You said we can't get it on Wi-Fi? Well, the last campground we were in, and this is nothing unusual, the little leaflets they gave us said, this is our Wi-Fi information, no streaming. Uh huh. So our Verizon Wi-Fi uh, really works pretty well. So that's unlimited. Also, something that you should be considering is the Google Fi. Now, Google Fi is interesting because it's a service that is a composite of uh, Sprint and, well, I guess there anyway, and the other one. But what Google Fi does is has an interesting pricing structure. I think I've maybe mentioned this before, but something that's new is is that you can get a data SIM to drop into your iPad or your access point, and it's free. All you pay for is the data. And remember that Google Fi has an unusual structure in that above 6 gigabytes, it's free. So you pay... $10 a gigabyte for the first six, and then above that you can use all you want for the same $60. And now that you can add a data SIM, which they send to you for free, then that's uh, an even better idea. So I have mine on the way. It should be here in the next couple of days. I'm going to try it in my old access point. And when we go to Canada and places, we'll have data. Oh, that'd so be that'll nice. Be, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be really nice. nice. Because we are still thinking we're going to go to Canada oh, later really? in the summer. We're thinking it. We are thinking? Yeah. You think we will? No. <laughs> you can't plan anymore. You cannot plan. Oh, by the time the next podcast is ready, we will have the bad information about that. Too, anyway, so. <laughs> okay. But I should mention that the monthly listenership to the RV Navigator podcast is down. Oh, people are watching Netflix instead of listening no, to us. Well, maybe, but I think they're also not driving, so they're not listening to us. But what's really interesting is is that download for last month is down, but the downloads overall are up. Hmm. So That's what good. I think people are really doing is going back and listening to the young Ken and Martha. <laughs> Talking about their normal life. Talking about the good normal, stuff rather than, rather than all this pandemic stuff. stuff. Oh, boy. So have you earned your, your merit badges? <laughs> Probably inadvertently. I no. don't think I've stayed in pajamas all day. I know that's one now, of Now, some them. people are being awarded merit badges. And what's a merit badge? Well, when I was a Girl Scout, <laughs> that's it. it was a patch that i sewed on my sash right well because i was accomplished in some area because i did it that's right you you activities. get you get the merit badge it's from the boy scouts and the you got them in the girl scouts oh too. yeah in the boy scouts and you hit us right you hit a sash and every time you accomplish some big tasks they had like a checklist of things you had to do in a specific area collecting 40 leaves and identifying what they were yeah looking at insects and all that sort of stuff so somebody has created the Merit badges for COVID times. <laughs> right. And number one, you get a merit badge if you have showered today. Okay. Then I get then I get that one. <laughs> you get it if you've learned Zoom. I have. I really like Zoom. There are some of my more cautious paranoid friends that are worried You're about being these merit badges like wildfire here. They they're worried about being Zoom buzzed. Is that yeah, bombed. Bombed. But so far that hasn't happened to me when I've zoomed. Well, and also people can listen in. If you're doing s secure stuff, people can listen in without you knowing it. And we're lucky people are listening in while we're talking now. <laughs> Number three is 
Hey, you fed yourself today. <laughs> Number four, you spoke to another adult. <laughs> oh, I can see many parents having a problem with that. And you're dressed by 3 p.m. You get a merit badge. I think I got a lot of these. You did some work instead of the laundry. <laughs> Laundry is my work. <laughs> that's, that's these days. That's exactly the situation. Or I walked over 250 steps this week, give or take. This now, week. Now, when you're in the motorhome, it could be hard to walk 250. That's steps. exactly the situation. So, if you'd like those, if you'd like to uh, sew them on your badge as a badge of the pandemic. Uh, problem then pandemic you, accomplishments yes pandemic accomplishments then you will want to go to our website and look at the link to see those do you have tp we always have been fortunate to have tp <laughs> um but we got this heightened our concerns were raised because there never seemed to be any to buy for a while we very quietly went to the rv part of walmart which still had plenty of tp but eventually the word got out on that too so it's probably because we mentioned it in the last podcast this whole thing has been mystifying why you would need tp during a pandemic it was beyond me (laughs) and water so water yeah And, and in florida i think people are used to buying water during an emergency because their water supply could be damaged during the storms yes but pandemics are inner storms (laughs) not outer storms oh my so there was actually a fairly long lengthy report on in npr about why there is a tp shortage and i learned a lot of things about tp well do you want to tell us what they are (laughs) This is a a lot of detail that I didn't really want to know, but I didn't realize, and you probably don't realize it either, that there are two TP supply chains. Well, I I realize that the TP that I might use in a restaurant is maybe of different quality than the TP I buy at home. Very different quality. But that's about as much thought as I gave to it. And apparently the companies that produce commercial TP don't produce personal TP. And those two supply chains have gotten messed up because there's plenty of TP in the commercial side, but because people are not at work not and they're not in it. restaurants and they're not in stores, they're not using that TP. So that TP is pretty much going to waste. So you would think and they could just switch over? They, no, that's what the, that's what this report talked about. The machinery, the distribution chain, everything is different. And that the personal TP, which is in the grocery stores, like Procter & Gamble doesn't even make commercial, They their machines... To make it profitable to make tea. <laughs> I think I see her eyes. My eyes are closed. <laughs> Maybe we should just refer to people to, this, to the report. Anyway, just briefly. The supply chain for making personal TP is was running 24-7 anyway because that's the way they make the most money from their equipment. So there was very little slack in there for them to make extra TP. So they've been making it, and there's a very little margin. So all the companies that were making it were making it full-time, and they didn't have any way to make any more. So if you don't mind the single-ply wax paper stuff that comes well, in. Well, I think the greatest anxiety is thinking in, that you have no TP. That are, in rolls that are three feet in diameter. I think people would have taken those. Well, that was apparently, that still is in pretty big supply. Although, I have to say that I did go to the grocery store today, and they did have TP. So, if you want to, there, I have a nice link about this report if you're interested in <laughs> more deals about more to know about TP. And when, when, and when we were in Florida getting our air conditioning fixed, the people who fixed their air conditioning 
sold you some TP too, huh? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> you, you find it in the strangest places because we bought it at, at Lowe's. Lowe's, yeah, that's right. So lots of interesting things. Uh, you're probably working from home. Or are you working in your office? So here's a comparison of things that are different between working at home and working in the office. We've never worked at home, really. No. Well, we work at home full-time now, anyway. We used to think you couldn't teach children unless you were in their presence. So the work ethic, you're motivated to get work done at work so that you can go home. (laughs) Whereas at home, you're motivated to get work done so that you can leave home. (laughs) Except you can't do that either. All right. Dress code. Business casual. (laughs) In home, it's the biggest blanket. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. The commute. Uh, Enough of a drive time to listen to the entire Van Halen discography 1.7 times per week. Or listen to the RV Navigator podcast. At home, there's barely enough time to get part in eruption where the guitar drops out before blazing right back. I don't know. Just You're very encourant here. Camaraderie. At the work at the office, it's avoided. At working from home, it's missed. Guest policy. <laughs> must sign in at the front desk. At home, must push the doorbell really hard because something is still wrong with it. <laughs> Cake. Birthdays. Work, anniversaries, and retirements. That's when you get a cake at work. Mm -hmm. At home, sure, you can do that again today. Can I have more cake? Yep. Okay, good. Workplace hazards, active shooter, or (laughs) at home, a freak microwave accident. (laughs) (laughs) Family conflicts at work, exacerbated by never being around. At war, at home, exacerbated by always being <laughs> Oh, that's kind of sad. Uh, how it feels to have a productive day. At work, it's weird. At home, it's very weird. <laughs> oh. So, how the world has changed, huh? We did a lot of repairs this winter. We spent a lot of money on the motorhome this winter. Yeah. We've talked about the batteries and the tires more than people probably wanted to know. And then, of course, we were planning on going to Gaffney before we were going on the cruise that we were missing right now. We had an appointment. It, it was scheduled to fit in with our cruise plans and would have brought us home certainly while it was cold, and then Ken would have had to winterize. So we pushed the appointment back a bit, and by then... Gaffney, they called and said, we're closed freight, freight for a couple weeks. Of course, Gaffney is where you go to get uh, work done in your Freightliner chassis. So we had the, the work done locally, and uh, everything seems to be okay. The motorhome did a good job on the way home. So, do you wear a mask? Well, that was kind of a problem, too, because when we were in our motorhome in Florida, people were madly sewing masks. And even though I feel fortunate to have a sewing machine in the motorhome, I didn't have any fabric, I didn't have any elastic, and then all the stores that would sell you those (laughs) things closed. I heard another report about the guy who sells elastic, which is a big business. You know, and there was all this stuff about you can take your old underpants and tie them around your face, and that just didn't sound very appealing. So we we did not do that. No. And so I'm going to put a chart on the webpage that says mask protection efficiency. And basically, it lists the basic fabrics that you have for masks and how efficient they are at, at filtering out various types of problems, like pollen and viruses and 
bacteriological. Basically, it comes down to a cloth mask is worthless. Yeah. And, of course, the biggest problem with a mask is not the mask itself, but how do you take it off? I see most. I just saw a lady at the store. She just takes it off and puts it in her purse. Well, that's what ladies do. <laughs> I know. But where does the stuff go that was collected on the mask that was causing in, in a problem? In her purse. In her purse. And then she reaches in with her hand, and she took it off with by putting her hand over you it. Know. Yeah. So I'm not really in favor of masks. To me, Although, the, the only benefit they have is that if you cough or sneeze, you don't cough or sneeze on somebody else. Yeah. And if we're not supposed to be touching our faces, it reminds you of that because you can feel but it in terms sitting of, there on of, your face. in terms of doing a job of... Filtering. And they talk about, yeah, T-shirts and making the fabric out of... And it says here, the worst type of fabric to make it out of is cloth. Well, now I think they've become fashion statements. There's a... Fashion? There's a site on the web where you can get masks that make you look like a cat or a dog and they even have different breeds. What's my iPad going to do with that? <laughs> my yeah. dog is trying to get into my iPad. Yeah, you can't do facial recognition when you're wearing a mask either. Okay, so we're going to kind of end things up here and, and talk about camping safely during the virus season. Because we think you should still go camping. If there's a campground op- open really? and you have time off... You think we're going to get to go camping? Well, you could. Yeah, but... But remember, we're spoiled. <laughs> okay. You can go be in the woods, which we've for, been warm all winter. Which is f- a treat for a city dweller. Yeah. You can have some mores and weenies mm-hmm. over a fire, which you probably can't do if you live in an apartment. And and it's a place to go and somewhere else to be. Do I have to wear a mask in the woods? <laughs> probably. Especially if the fire is smoky. <laughs> uh, so this is Camp Safely. As parks begin to open, we all need to be reminded that the virus is still out there and we need to be careful, respectful, and caring about nature and each other. Volunteers work tirelessly to make things as safe as possible, but we can't do it all. We need everyone to pitch in and help. Park rangers, maintenance personnel, volunteers are volunteers checking in, boats, everyone is working hard to be, to be sure you enjoy the camping experience. You can help make the park safe and fun for everyone, but still practice safe distances as best you can. If you use the bathrooms, leave them as clean as you found them and use safe practices in the facilities. Remember to bring disinfectant wipes, if you can find them, for vault bathrooms. If playground equipment is available for children, remember staff do their best to disinfect but can't stay on top of it all day long. You have to stay on top of your own children. Wipe down that picnic table. Volunteer staff do their best, but best practice is being your is bringing your disinfectant spray and wiping down before you use it. Please remember to pack out your trash. Most parks have dumpsters. Please use them. That's not a COVID. No, that's, but it's a that's good idea. Anytime, every day, all the time. Respect everyone's camp space and practice social distancing. Oh, what's going to happen when you pull into a campsite and put up the hood of your rig? Oh, and all gonna... the men come and gather and give you Six feet away. unsolicited advice. <laughs> oh. Um, no one That's is a, it. No Things one is 100% change. sure pets cannot get the virus, so please pick up after your pet. Again, you should be doing that all the time. Happy and safe camping to everyone. What's the future of, of vacationing? I see RVing, frankly, as being something that people are going to start doing even more than they have been. Because it's easier to distance. And 
we went from our bubble in Florida to our mobile bubble in the motorhome to our northern Illinois bubble. And we have not really talked to anybody in the whole trip. And I think a lot of campers can do that. They can take the family. They can go camping. They can go to a campsite. And unless you are very social, you can pretty much maintain distances. And even in campgrounds where you are trying to socialize with people that you aren't um, living with, if you bring a lawn chair, it's easy to sit six feet yeah, apart yeah. away from other people. We did that many times while we were still in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so I think we were less isolated there than we might be now that we're at home when people more tend to stay in their house. So I guess our ending comment that we always use is see you in a campground near us is we will literally see you, but we will not be shaking hands in a campground near us. Now, of course, through the end of May, we will not be camping. And we hope to be camping again in June. the end of June. But who knows? Who knows? This podcast was not supposed to be made at home. It was supposed to be made on the road. And they keep sending us all these virtual video tours of the tulips in Holland. I think they think that I forgot why I wanted to go there. Well, and I have not forgotten why I wanted to go there. We should mention that we have booked it again for next year. So what next year at this uh, next year. Well, we just took the future cruise credit, which we got. Uh, which was 150% of the cruise cost, and we are rolling it over, um, and we'll probably get two cruises out of it, rolling it over till 2021. You know, our thinking has just changed from when will this be over and we can get back to what we were doing before to how are we going to live with this. And cruising, I think, is much more vulnerable than camping. Uh, Yes, but I just read an interesting article yesterday about how the cruises are actually numerically much safer than living than going to sporting events or other things oh yeah but perception is not necessarily reality that's one of the cruise company's problems but we will hope to be on the high seas in the not too distant future as well as seeing our camping buddies from the rv navigator at a campground near us Keep in touch. Let us know what you're doing during this time. Are you how, not- how are you spending your time at exactly. home? Exactly. We don't have any idea what we're going to be doing in a month from now, what the report will be like. But we will probably be right here waiting for your email for instant response. Bye Thanks. for now. Bye for now. <laughs>